now it's time for Rod and Real Radio with your hosts, Hop Along John Cassidy, fresh and saltwater expert angler Stan Vanderberg, and all-around outdoors fishing and hunting enthusiast Wendy Toshihara. If you love the outdoors, enjoy salt or freshwater fishing, this is the show for you. We'll cover most all of the fishing tournaments and events with special reports while providing you with the information you need as to how and where to experience the best fishing opportunities in Southern California, Baja, Alaska, or just about anywhere the fish are biting. Rod and Real Radio brought to you by El Cajon Ford at Broadway and Main or online at ElCajonFord.com. Whether it's time for a new or used car or truck or you need to take advantage of San Diego's best quick lane for service with genuine Ford parts, brand name tires at competitive prices, remember nobody beats El Cajon Ford. We have some fantastic guests and reports lined up for you this evening, so sit back, relax, and get ready for the fastest two hours in radio. It's all right here, right now, on Rod and Real Radio, the best stop on your radio. Radio dial for all the information you need for fishing opportunities all over the United States. Now here's your host, Hop Along, John Cassidy. Hey, Southern California, welcome to another Sunday edition of Rod and Reel Radio. I am your underfished host, Hop Along, John Cassidy. It's a pleasure that we have you with us tonight. Hey, we've got a special show normally. This time during the El Cajon Ford Team Open, I might do a pre-recorded pre-word- show. I had a lot of material that I recorded at the ICAST show, but sometimes things just don't work out the way that we hope. And unfortunately, this past week, we lost one of the biggest sponsors in uh, fishing here in San Diego County, Mr. Paul Leader. We're going to talk a little bit about the life and time of Paul Leader for the first hour of the show, and then after that, we still have some recorded material with uh, Larry Dahlberg and, uh, I believe, uh, Aaron Martin. So coming up, though, next, and I'm going to introduce him right now because this is a good friend of Mr. Leader's, had been for many years. He's the voice of El Cajon Ford, does a lot of things uh, in the uh, advertising business. He also does the Internet production for Ron Real Radio, Mr. Mark Larson. Mark, welcome to the show. Along, John Cassidy. What a pleasure not to just introduce you vicariously. I, you know, I'm there in spirit every weekend. When you, I, I forgot how fantastic that intro was. If I say hey. so myself, <laughs> <laughs> it is the longest intro in history, Mark. <laughs> and there's never in radio, in all my my 978 years in radio, that I've never done an intro that long and yet that fantastic. I'm just talking about the script, not the delivery. So. Hey, you know, that's what we get when we go to the lowest bidder. What can I tell you, my friend? <laughs> hey, well, what a about, week, huh, buddy? Been a, been a tough week. Oh, man, we've got to take a deep breath. And a lot of us are kind of going around a little underinflated. We kicked off the El Cajon Ford team open today at uh, the dealership. Uh, we had over yep. 120 people that... We're kind of a little remorseful, but we're celebrating the life of Paul Leader. And believe it or not, Elizabeth Leader showed up, and she did the draw for whoever is first out on Monday. You know what, Liz Liz is a dynamo. She is watching her step up through all of this with Paul in the last few months when he, when he started fighting this awful disease on so many fronts and, you know, and, and uh, how, how Paul wanted to get back out and fish and he would be there in spirit and how I know he would want this tournament to go on over the next couple of days because it's what he loved more than anything. 
And, well, you know, and, and seeing Liz do that and his grandson Clayton step up, I mean, it has been, you know, it, it's so weird. When we go through tough times with people and we lose people we really love, and I'll tell you a little bit about how I got connected with Paul over the years because you know, I don't believe anything's coincidental. And it's just, it's just a, a real blessing in my life. But there's well, always yep. so much good that comes. There's, there's so much good that comes out about all the other relationships within yeah, I know. the the circle of fr- family and friends. So you're in the middle of that too, John. You know that. Yeah, Mark. What, what basically happened is Paul, for many years, has been fishing with his grandson Clayton. So yep. Clayton at first was hesitant not to fish because of the circumstances. And what he finally wound up doing is getting together with the general manager of Elkhorn Ford, Mr. Paul Dyke, and they're going right. to be fishing together as a team uh, in honor of Paul during this event. That's going to be great. And I know that Paul Dyke is not the world's best fisherman, so that's even better. God bless him because we love him. And you know, we were talking uh, even when we lost Paul Leader the other night, and, and I was there, and, and Paul Dyke was there, and John Blake, and then, you know, just the close family. And it was, the Alcone Ford family is a family. Yeah, there's the family family, then there's the, the business family, and we've all been so interrelated and relate, and just, just connected and woven together over the years. So when when he finally passed and, and Liz Leader said, I love how she said it, she said, the old lion is gone. And I mean, that's he was he was tough. He was rough around the edges. He had the heart of a teddy bear. Uh, he loved fishing. He loved competition. He loved the Ford business. Uh, everything he did, including smoking cigars, he did with <laughs> with vigor. You know, I'm thinking about all these all these companies now that are going to have problems because he's not around. Arturo Fuente, oh. they got to be saying, oh, "We got like, gosh. who do we have now?" I mean, he's not buying any cigars, you know, or or Rich Brady over Brady's menswear. I mean, uh, joking with Rich the other day, and you know, he said, "Well, this is a heck of a way to get out of buying another suit." I mean, you know, because he he was a stylish guy. He had a great sense of humor. Uh, I keep to this moment, and it's going to be this way, I think, for the rest of my life. I keep expecting he's going to pop up and he's going to come in when I'm sitting there at the dealership, or you know, just talking to him or whatever, and we're going to come up and go, "Hey, so what's going on around town?" You know, and that was enough to just get me get me going. And you know, for me, John, I mean, you know a little bit of the story. I mean, it was back in 1986 when I was working at KFMB at AM 760, and now, ironically, I'm back. And he was thrilled about that because he and, and even when he was going through the sickness, and he'd be having rough days, and he'd be kind of you know just really tired and kind of sleepy, and then he'd open an eye and go, "How's the new job going?" You know, he, he'd just do that because that's the way he was. But two weeks into our, our relationship, when I was doing commercials for him, just on radio initially back in 86, I walked into his office on a Monday morning and said, Hey, so, boss, how was the weekend? Because I really you know, I want to know the car business. And I'm not, not just reading commercials. And that was the start of our whole thing. And he looks up. And this is after, like, I think it was after, like, a Chargers loss. So he was in a mood. And he looks up at me and he goes, yeah, I, can, I can get away with this on radio. And this, he, he, I had to quote it exactly. He said, Yeah. And why the hell do I need you? And I went, <laughs> okay. So, how what a about vote of the weather? How about those Chargers? And he laughed, and I thought I figured him out. And you know, the two of us, he could scare people. And some, you know, back in the day, he could. He, you know, if you didn't have a car sold when he came back from lunch, it was it was tough. That's why we were happy when he switched from other things to cigars. 
because it was a much better time for most of the last 30. But I, I knew this guy for 31 years and counting, and and we're we're all hardwired into the alcohol Ford family. But but uh, I, I, let me give you here's a quick because I have so many thoughts and they're kind of coming to me all over. So I'll, I'll do a little monologue here because otherwise I'll, I'll forget to tell you stuff. So I'm up at Big Bear Lake right now. Okay, we do our annual family trip to Big Bear. And he would always say, well, what are you going to fish for? I said, probably not bass. You know, there's, there's a bunch of stuff in the lake. There's catfish the size of, you know, Loch Ness monsters. Nobody ever gets those. And, and then there's trout. And he'd always say, yeah, well, you don't catch trout. Trout catch you. So, yeah, okay, I know. Yes, uh, thank you, Mr. Leader. Yes, of course. So yesterday we're out with our uh, morning ritual where we go out and pretend to catch fish. And uh, my, my two sons are out there with me and their kids. And so my son, Brandon who uh, got even closer than the rest of the kids, although our whole family was close to the leaders, but he got even closer back when he was like 16, 17. And, and he, you know, because he was, Brandon's really been into fishing, and so I said, you ought to go out Mr. Leader. And Leader goes, yeah, I'd take him out. So right after Brandon got his driver's license, he was barely into, you know, just past 16 getting his license. He goes out to Hamul at 4 in the morning to meet Paul and got the whole leader experience, which is, like he says, <laughs> Brandon Swiss told me yesterday, he said, yeah, it's like getting into a hot box in his car. He's hot boxing. He's got the cigars going, and I'm going. I am so sick feeling because it's early in the morning, and Paul's like, "And we're going to go to the lake, and we're going to do our thing." So, so he was always really extra tied into Brandon. So, Brandon would say, "Hey, if you got some extra tackle around, you know, the office, because as you know, Paul always said you, you got to be careful where you sit at his office at Elko and Ford because you'll come up with a lure in your butt." So he would he, he would come out and and he'd give Brandon some tackle. And yeah, give him, give him some rods and reels, and which gee, sounds like a great name for a show, John. By the way, yeah, rod and reel radio, perfect. Thank I you, love Mark. how that works. So yesterday we're out there. Am I going to get morning, the bill for that now, Mark? <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll send you an invoice later. Yeah, like okay. I always never do. Anyway, so uh, so Brandon yesterday morning goes, "Hey, look what I'm fishing with," and he's got a Shimano reel, and he's got a uh, he's got a pole. He said, "This is the first stuff that Paul Leader gave me." Oh, he said, "I'm fishing as a tribute to him." Now he didn't catch anything because he was catching whatever, but it was, it was the whole thought of it. We told leader stories at 6 a.m. yesterday, and it was fantastic. So, well, you know, that's we're a little have, example of how how connected we are. You know, we're going to have Jim Slice on in a little bit. We'll talk a little bit about more about the fishing. Well, and thank but... goodness with Jim's construction, the building's still standing. <laughs> that's fascinating. Well, <laughs> you know. It, it, not only was Paul a fisherman, but he was a sports fan. You know, growing up a modest means oh, man. Oh, outside he had of Toronto. And tried to buy the Padres at one point, you know. Oh. <laughs> you know, <laughs> baseball, hockey, and you, you, you couldn't argue with him about statistics, about oh, anything, no. because he knew no. it. No, I'd sit there with him, even when he was sick. I would go over and, and be with him at the house and be watching a ball game. And he'd be kind of like, you know, he'd be his line would be like, well, yeah. I mean, you, those he'd say those of you passive baseball fans. What do you mean passive baseball fan? I've been into the pottery race. Yeah, but but you're not me. You know, he'd give me that stuff. We just joust back and forth. You could not top him because he always knew, and he was always right with that. He had yeah. been on everything, but you know oh. that's that's what made him that made him Paul Eater. He had a memory like a trap door uh, on that, but oh, did it. and intensely loyal. His loyalty, oh, yeah. and this this grows through. You know, he was loyal to you. He's been loyal to me. He's been loyal to everybody within our Elkhorn family and our and our family, just our general families. He cared about our, you know, cared about the spouses, cared about the kids. Liz continues that tradition. It's what they do, and that you know that used to be like the way you just did it. Unfortunately, where we are in the country now, sometimes I think people 
either don't know how to do that because they didn't get blessed having that. But it used to be a lot of people did that, but not so much anymore. And he did, and they still do. And that, to me, speaks volumes. I mean, if I look at this 31 years with him and counting with the, uh, the Elko and Ford family, you know, that's, that's, that's more than half my life. And no. it's, it's so in my psyche and my heart, and it's just, I mean, this has been a tough week. It's, yeah, been, a really, when, it's been a really rough when, week because we thought he'd it, come out of this. When know? it comes to friends, you know, we're in this, uh, this era of our virtual friends, but this is uh, uh, an old school fellow that actually had legitimate friends. As a matter of fact, in talking with uh, 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 Paul Dyke and uh, John Blake today, they are being overwhelmed by the number of people that are calling yep. up wanting to know when there is going to be something happening that they can come and pay their respects yep. to And they want to know how family. to send flowers. Of course, we want, we want things in lieu of flowers sent to the Tony and Alicia Gwynn Foundation. That was a whole separate relationship, the way Tony linked up. And I was proud and blessed to be a part of how that came about. I'll give you a quick side on that because it's a great Paul Leader story. So the strike's going on back in the early 90s, baseball strike. And I had been at KFMB, and I had just left KFMB at the time, and and I had done the deal with Tony Gwynn. Tony and I knew each other back to when he was even back to when he played basketball at San Diego State, and hadn't decided which way to go yet. We actually go back that far, and that's another great family relationship. But um, I had done the deals with with Tony on the air with baseball and all that, with pregame show interviews and all that. Uh, so I knew what the the mechanisms were, and at the time, Tony was doing some stuff for another competing Ford dealership. And the strike's going on. I called Johnny Boggs, his agent, who's another dear friend, friend for life. And I called Johnny. I said, hey, has anybody called you? Uh, you know, this is after I'd left KFNB, where the KFNB had the, had the dibs on this thing. And you know, so then there's this other car dealer up, you know, down the road from us. And I said, has anybody called you about Tony and his car endorsements? And, and Boggsy says, well, no, the you know, strike's going on. Nobody's called. Just, I said, well, and I just started brainstorming. And, and this is now, so when was this, 93, 94, whenever it was, I forget when the strike was. So it was around that time. And so at this point, I'm now, what would that be, four, six, seven years, something like that, into my relationship with, with Paul. And I'm doing a lot more for him with marketing and all that. And I thought, I want to take a leap of faith here. And I said, so, John, what if... What if it wasn't a radio station that had the radio rights? What if Elko and Ford had the radio rights? And what if we got Tony Gwynn to make the deal for radio with the dealership? So I'm just kind of like getting real creative. And mm -hmm. I thought, this is really cool. And I said, and then we would pay you this, and we get you a car to drive, and this would be blah, 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 blah. And he goes, yeah. I said, great. <laughs> now i got to sell it to Leader. And I thought, this is going to be. And, you know, so I go and I said, this is okay, boss. Here's it. I called him. I said, here's. Here's the thing, and this is and there's this long silence. He goes, "You told him you'd do that, really?" Hmm. And then he gave me a little grief, like, "So how are you going to pay for that?" You know, and a little <laughs> bit of that dance went on. And then he finally pauses and he kind of chuckles, and he says, "He says, yeah, let's do it." The next day, I get Tony to a radio studio, and we we did the whole thing with uh, uh, we we did commercials for Alcone Ford. We got him into a demo to drive to Yuma because they were just coming out of the strike soon. He, was, he wanted to go out and work out, and that's the way Tony was. The deal was done. Nobody knew what hit him. The radio station didn't know. The other dealers didn't know. And it was just suddenly Tony became the, the spokesperson for El Cajon Ford. And we're, through his years, especially the last 
last 10 years of his life, people would come up and they would most often say, hey, hey, Mr. Gwynn, hey, nobody beats Al Cajon Ford. They would say that. He said he would get that when he was playing. People would be calling, nobody beats Al Cajon Ford on the stands. So that came out of it. It was just, my. in fact, my son Brandon was with me when we got Tony to the studio and got him over to Elko and Ford to get all this. It happened like on a weekend and it happened in a blink and man, I could have been toast if it hadn't worked out. But leader really? did his first. He had first. He had his fun to make me squirm. And he, sure? said, he goes, that's a good deal. Let's do it. And it continued for just over 20 years. And in fact, John Boggs says that may be other than maybe Michael Jordan and Nike. That may be the Elko and Ford, Tony Gwynn relationship may be the, uh, the longest running Sports endorsement like that, and, and that's that blew me away. And he actually pl- he he played, if you will, with Al Cajon Ford for Al Cajon Ford for uh, a little bit longer than his Padres career, which is pretty incredible. But it, it all went, came up on a weekend like this, where he went, "Hey, uh, hey, Mister Leader, what do you want to do with this?" And <laughs> who came uh, up with nobody that. beats Al Cajon Ford? Do you know, Mark? Was that before? That came, we were having a we were having a discussion with. Uh, uh, Pete, uh, Pete Harrison, who's the guy who did our jingle years ago, and we were just brainstorming about some certain, uh, certain things, and we were talking about that song, the, uh, what was it back in the 60s, that old hit, uh, the Human, Human Beings, a one-hit wonder group that did that song, you know, no, 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 and it came oh, out of that. And question said, Mark and the no, Mysterians, no, no. yeah. Well, yeah. Anyway, go on. Yeah. yeah, you're right, thank you, you got that, I should know that, I'm, I'm a radio guy, you said, well, so are you, <laughs> well, you're the fishing guy, yeah, and, yeah. <laughs> well, that was great. You know, we also want to let people know that, yes, Paul is gone, but Paul Dyke, who is a longtime worker in the car industry and has worked for Paul, is going to sort of like take over those shoes. And under Paul's mentorship and with Paul Dyke's experience, and we all know Paul from the commercials that he does on KUSI and everything else like that. Well, he's the, he's the face of Elko and Ford. I do it on the radio spots, and I work behind <laughs> We all craft those spots together. And one of the things that we did with Tony, this is before Tony Gwynn got sick, I said to Paul Dyke, I said, you need to, and, and of course, Leader would give us a little stuff over that, too, like, ah, you're going to put Paul in the commercials? I said, yeah, <laughs> trust me. Paul's a good guy to put out there. He's not a typical car guy. We all know those ones who are just, you know, they fit the mold. Paul's a real deal guy. He He's a straight shooter. He's a family guy. He he understands because he's wired like I am into the heart and soul of the dealership, and like, like uh, John Blake is. And, you know, yeah. the, the, and again, he's been there almost as long as I've been in the mix, and, and John as well. So we started putting Paul up there with Tony because the two of them work so well. In fact, I have some footage with Paul Dyke and Tony Gwynn. It's just hysterical trying to get them all, you know, wrangled. It's like herding, herding cats. But So then all of a sudden Tony got sick, and then, uh, you know, it's like, well, then one thing led to another, and then Paul was able, Paul Dyke was able to continue what he had set for a few years with Tony. So it's it's a real blessing the way this, this stuff will come together and, and work out. But, but again, we thought Paul Leader would somehow – lick this thing and man he had a lot of face to I me mean, the fact if you if, if people only knew like you know and i know john how how he weathered those last four months or so i mean it's it's uh, pretty amazing stuff that he still he you know the one thing he would do or there, there were two things he'd do is he as you know he'd have on his, his tv either whatever baseball game was on or he would watch turner classic movies so you could hear uh you know gunfire from the old west or yeah. Or whatever whatever game happened to be on. It could be the most obscure, horrible game in the world, and he'd have it on. 
Well, you know, the last, you know, the last days of his life, we did not know it at the time. Vicky and I went, and we uh, got a new explorer from El Cajon Ford, and John Blake uh, went to visit him because they were taking him back and forth to the doctors and everything like yeah. that. And John told yeah. Paul, he says, you know, Cassidy just came in and bought a, a new explorer. And Paul's reaction was, it's about frickin' time. <laughs> <laughs> And then he'd say, yeah, what kind was it? What what model? Did you get the cheap one or did you get the good stuff? I mean, come on. You're talking to me. He said, you're talking to me here, huh? I mean, come on. Right. Yeah. Well, Mark, we're going to let you get back with your family. I We could sit here for two hours and oh, talk man, to these just, stories. But this is all I've been thinking about, for, for well, for, for months. But since Tuesday night, I mean, there have been things that happened since Tuesday Um yeah. I'll give you one quick glimpse as we wrap up here because I'm I'm leaving their place in Hamul and uh and I really felt this is after he's passed and it's like, okay, all this is flashing through my mind. It was a full moon and and Liz Leader had said, Yeah, this would be one of those nights we'd be heading he'd head off to Lake Havasu or he'd go up to uh, to Lake Mead because he would just be ready to go off and do some fishing and it's like a, you know, it was a perfect night. It was just kind of a, a great tribute night. And I was thinking, just just feeling lost, and and lost my dear friend and, and our and our leader on this, our leader leader. And as I turned on to the ninety four, there was nobody on the road, and the full moon is up there. And I turned on the uh, the Sirius XM Sinatra channel because I was kind of in that mood. And seconds after I tune in, this great nineteen seventies version of "As Time Goes By" by Bing Crosby comes up. Oh yeah. And and the first thing I hear after a little of this music for the previous song dribbles out, you hear him saying, "You must remember this." And it was like it was like the voice of God going, "You know, time goes by, memories keep it going." And I'm of course crying down the road, but it was like it was like a soundtrack of life, and it just it made me feel really uniquely and amazingly comforted. In that time, it was it was unbelievable, and there was nobody on the road. You know, that casino out there and everything. I said, nobody on the road. I thought this could not be more surreal, uh, but it was Mark, great. Thank you so. for sharing with us, Mark. Uh, thank you also for spending some of your Sunday with us, taking away from the family. Uh, we I wouldn't miss it, John. Anything for you? Appreciate it. appreciate it, buddy, and been best luck, uh, luck to everybody at the fishing tournament. It's going to be great, and we're going to do it for for PFL. All right. Uh, all right, sir. Hey, Mark Larson, uh, the right, spokesman. For El Cajon Ford, Mark, thank you for taking the time to be with us. You bet. Hey, we're going to break a right, make a break right now, but coming up next, Jim Slight's going to be with us. Jim is the tournament director for the team series, both day and night. We're going to talk a little bit about Paul Leader and fishing, and then after Jim Slight, I'm going to play an interview that I did with Paul in 2014. So stay tuned. There's still a lot more Ron Real Radio to come. You can count on El Cajon Ford, as so many Southern Californians have for years. El Cajon Ford has the cars and trucks you can count on, like the all-new Fusion and Escape, Edge, Explorers, and more. And now, Fiestas with 38 MPG and Focus with 40 miles per gallon highway, plus C-Max Energy with up to 42 highway EPA estimates. El Cajon Ford has them now. Shop online at ElCajonFord.com. Choose from hundreds of your favorite F-Series trucks, too. El Cajon Ford 
know is trucks, no matter what you're hauling or towing, for a great weekend of fishing or for some fun in the desert. Now get special savings on every F-Series truck in stock, 150s, 250s, 350s at El Cajon Ford. We have commercial trucks, too, including the all-new Transit Connect. Finally, a commercial van with great mileage, helping your business get moving again. El Cajon Ford, worth the short drive from anywhere in Southern California, Broadway and East Main and El Cajon, or online anytime, anywhere at ElCajonFord.com. Gamakatsu hooks are made from high-grade carbon steel, specially heat treated to make them light and extra strong, but not brittle. The Gamakatsu sharpening process is the most modern in the world and results in a perfectly conical point that is unequaled in sharpness. Gamakatsu offers a huge variety of hooks for all types of fishing, drop shot, extra wide gap, worm hooks, finesse wide gap, and a lot more. Gamakatsu has a hook for whatever style of fishing you want to do. Don't waste your time on a cheap hook. Ask for Gamakatsu hooks at your favorite tackle store now. If the fish are biting, I'm on my boat, rain or shine. Of course, I wear my life jacket. It's like wearing a seatbelt. Clip it on, grab my tackle box, and hit the water. Love California. Boat California. Save California. A message from California State Parks Division of Boating and Waterways. H&M Landing is the most diversified sport fishing company on the West Coast. Serving the angling community since 1935, H&M Landing's name recognition and reputation for customer service is the best in the business. The H&M fleet provides the widest range of trip options and boasts the coast's largest open party fleet. For ocean fishing any time of the year, H&M Landing should be your choice for nearshore and offshore fishing. H&M is San Diego's most experienced sport fishing company, offering the best in half-day, three-quarter day, full, and multi-day trips, and a complete schedule of long-range adventures. Call today, HM Landing, 619-222-1144, or visit their website at www.hmlanding.com for updated schedules and secure online booking. H&M Landing, the experienced angler's first choice in local and multi-day fishing since 1935. That's H&M Landing at 619-222-1144 or hmlanding.com. Hi, I'm Chad, designer and owner of Hookup Baits. Hookup Baits jigs are the most realistic and effective jigs ever developed. The realistic action and looks of these jigs catch everything from crappie and trout to yellowtail and tuna and everything in between. In fact, in the last year, I have only thrown hookup baits and have caught close to 100 different species of fish. These jigs are so versatile and easy to use with eight different sizes and colors to match the hatch wherever you fish. You can fish them on top, you can fish them on the bottom, fast, slow, and even troll them. You can find these great jigs for fresh and saltwater fishing at hookupbaits.com. 2015 and 16, Quantum Fishing's gone and done it again for you with the brand new redesigned Smoke PT Reel Series. Everything from your spinning reels all the way to your bait casters, the PTA design has a new PTXA frame, lighter, stronger, bone crushing drag. Quantum Fishing, we are performance tuned. Check them out at Angler's Arsenal in La Mesa or anglersarsenal.com or give us a call at 619-466-8355. It's a big deal, you know. I've always wanted to be on Rod and Reel Radio Line. <laughs> I won the Bassmaster Classic. I did a, a McDonald's commercial, but now I know I've made it. I fulfilled my dream. <laughs> that is just absolutely awesome. Hey, we want to welcome you back to Rod and Reel Radio. Stan and Wendy are off tonight. We're taking a little bit of time in this first hour to remember our good friend Paul Leader, president and owner of El Cajon Ford, who passed away this past week. We had just had Mark Larson on, and now I've also invited a good friend of mine and an excellent friend for Paul Leader. 
He was the tournament director for both the El Cajon Ford Day and Night Series. In fact, he still is. Known Paul for a long time, been running events for him like I have for a long time. Mr. Jimmy Slight. Jim, welcome to the show. Hey, John. How you doing, bud? Hey, we are doing well, but, you know, as a lot of us are going around right now, we're a little bit deflated with the news that we had over this past week. But you know what? We've got a fishing tournament coming on, and uh, we're going to do this in honor of Paul. And, man, what a support uh, supporter of fishing, both freshwater here in San Diego, but kids fishing, all anything that involved putting people in fishing, Paul Leader supported. He sure did. I, uh, you know, I'm honored that uh, I was a little bit of it with him. Um, I spent something like over thirty something years uh, with that man doing things, running all the way up and down this coast fishing, and uh, you know, going to Mexico and. All kinds of things. We did we did a lot of things together. And uh, one thing I can tell you that it, when it came to fishing, he was the man that stepped up here in San Diego and uh, and you know put us on the map. Because anytime any of us, I don't care who it was, needed something for fishing, Mr. Leader was there uh, giving a helping hand. So I'm truly going to miss the man. And uh, he was you know he was my support. I mean he was my uh, you know, he did everything I needed any time I asked him for it. And not a question to ask you, just do it, you know. so. You know, I told, uh, I told Mark Larson in this day where people seem to have virtual friends on Facebook and Instagram and everything like that, Paul was all school. He had friends all right, but this, these are friends that he made through personal acquaintances, fishing, whatever it was, and... Everyone that met him liked him and knew him, and almost was an immediate friend. You bet, yeah. And he was loyal. You know, the thing is, that man, uh, you know, once he was set on something, he stuck with it no matter what. And I know that he he taught a lot of a lot of us, uh, you know, the quality of life and stuff. Like, I, you know, one of the things is Ranger Boat. He stuck with Ranger Boat. He had opportunities to go anywhere he wanted, any boat he needed because of who he was. And he said, no, I'm a loyal Ranger boat uh, owner, and he stuck with Ranger boat for 30 years, um, John. So, I mean, that's a, that's the type of guy we're dealing with here. You know, he, he just didn't waver, you know, and so um, he was a great man. He, he could have gotten other boats for nothing, been comped for them, and as you said, he wanted to stray, stay with the Mercury Ranger package because of his loyalty to them, and and his uh, he knew that the product was a good product. Well, not only that, but I mean, you know, he was just like I said, he stuck with them, and uh, and that and you know that says a lot about the man. I mean, you know, he he had partners in fishing, and he stuck with them. You know, I mean, you know, he started off fishing the team tournaments with. Uh, Oh, uh, Rich Layton, and he fished ten years with Mister Layton, you know, uh, on the one circuit, and he fished with you know a number of guys who fished with Kelly a couple years, Kelly Thomas, and ended up with Rich Welch a couple, two or three years, and then finally ended up with his grandson, who I can tell you personally, when he started fishing with his grandson, he said, you know, Jim, he said. This is an honor to be fishing with my grandson. I just enjoyed it immensely. And he said, 
you know, he's a good kid, and I'm going to uh, bring him up right, and he has so far. You know, like I said, that loyalty, just like that on the boat. I remember one time we were sitting in the office, and Clayton, you know, said, hey, we can go get the whatever, you know, X number boat. And leader went off on him. I said, we're sticking with that ranger, and you remember this. You never, you never jumped ship. <laughs> so that was, you know, that was just the leader. He was yeah, the, he and... You know, now that there's going to be a changing of the guards, I know one of Mr. Leader's fondest wishes was to see his tournaments, the day series, the night series, and the El Cajon Ford team open, which is now in its 19th year, to continue. And in his words, and I know this, he told this to me, I know he told it to you, he said, Jim and John, as long as you keep on wanting to run with them, we will sponsor them. That's exactly right. You know, he, and he just said that to me. He said, you know, we're not wavering. He says, as long as, you know, you want to. He told me, because I'm 75, too. I'm getting up there with him. And he said, Jim, as long as you want to keep running them, we will keep sponsoring them, you know. And that was good enough for me. And I said, Paul, you know, I, we can hang it up any time. He says, as long as you want to be in there, we're going to keep doing them. So uh, that was, you know, Things like that, you know, coming from him was just a, a pat. It gave me the boost to say, "Well, I'm going to do it another year." <laughs> so I'm here. I'm going to be doing it next year too. So well, Jim. Anyway. Not only that, you and your son Jason. You were the general contractor for the remodel of the El Cajon Ford uh, uh, facility there in El Cajon, and Paul never referred to it as a remodel. He referred to it as a rebuild. <laughs> Yeah, he did. You know, and I tell you, he could be a bear, but sometimes with words, I mean, he he could cut you right down to your knees just with, with words. But uh, you know, he was like a gentle, <laughs> gentle teddy bear. That's what he was. But you know, he did. He uh, he brought me to the side one time. He said, "Jim, this is my proudest moment. I finally did something right, and this dealership is." exactly what I visit to be right now and you know our you know we both uh, we both hugged each other and and I I appreciate John I you know I appreciate the opportunity just to do that with him. you know I mean he could have gotten you know uh, anybody because Ford out there you know they had some big gun people that they wanted but he said no slight you're doing this and I said okay and uh we went and did it, and, uh, you know, it's a proud moment for me because I have something that Paul uh, definitely put a, a approval on, it, and uh, I'm proud of it, too. So You know, uh, he was an unselfish person because he was self-made coming up from really modest beginnings uh, and from a suburb of, of uh, Toronto, and yeah. the people that were around him, he gave them the opportunity to be excellent, to succeed, and he did that unselfishly, and I know that'll be one of the things that I'll always remember about him and always be thankful that he helped me succeed, too. He did me, too. Yeah, you're right. You know, I mean, he, he never did. You know, when we were out running around on on the, you know, the one bass stuff, he was, uh, he could, you know, he could fly there and have somebody take his boat up there, or he could, you know, whatever. I mean, he could just show up if he wanted to. But he, we used to all caravan together. We'd stop and eat, and 
he would make you pay for dinner. He would, he, you know, everybody, you know, that guy used to come around and say, well, it's Mr. Leader there, so he's going to play. Pay. Well, bull crap, because he, he would always embarrass somebody. Hey, quit, you know, there's no free lunches here. Get your wallet out. <laughs> you know, even in fishing, Jim, he always applauded the excellence in everybody in fishing, whether it was the Western Outdoor News Pro-Am Series, the U.S. Open that he sponsored for many years, uh, you know, with yeah. Harvey Naslin and Mike Kennedy and, and Hutch and, uh, uh, you know, uh, even with Billy Egan. Uh, he always celebrated the success of everybody in fishing, even though he may not have been as successful as he wanted to be. He knew excellence, and he celebrated it. And, again, another sign of his unselfishness. Yeah, you know, and and that stems back to a couple. Of, I mean, you know, we him and I didn't get in bass fishing to that pro uh, deal till it was late in life. I was, I think, I I was trying to remember. I was about forty two or forty five then, and I know Paul was probably, you know, I'm uh, he's about four years older than I, and he yeah. so he was up, you know, forty six or forty seven when he started doing this pro bass fishing. So. You know, we were behind the eight ball a little bit, and like you said, his success didn't come from the wins. His success came from everybody on the circuit knowing him and knowing that they could count on him. Just like you said, Harvey Naslin and Mike Kennedy, would, uh, for that one bass, he'd, give him, he'd get a, a truck for him for the uh, U.S. Open and stuff, you know. And yeah. he, he just did stuff like that. I mean, he helped our, our good buddy – Mr. Dean Rojas, you he bet. helped that kid. You know that kid started with me and Paul on the pro circuit. He was a non-voter. He went with us for over a year, just uh, going with us and staying with us and stuff before he went out on his own. And I know Dean can tell you this day that he is indebted to Mr. Leader just for what he did for him because the kid, you know them kids didn't have any money. I mean, there's a number of kids in this town. That you know have not made it as well, but Gabe Boulevard and you know Art Berry and all these other guys, he helped them. He helped them out. They could have, you know, them. I mean, Dean is one of the premier fishermen in the in the country now, and you know he started right here in San Diego with with Mr. Leader. So, you know, right. there's a lot to be said. A lot to be said that you don't have to be the greatest fisherman, but you know you, you're there. You know for the for the other guys. So, and, and he was there for the other guys. Folkstad and everybody else, I mean, they all they all know him, and they all come up and hug him, and, you know, I mean, you know, all the legends of, of bass fishing on the West Coast knew him, and they and they loved him, uh, John, because I was there. I seen him when we were out, you know, to the draws and everything. I mean, he was he was one of the guys that drew the water. You know, when, you, when he came into Rome, the guys knew who he was. So. Well, he anyway. left footprints that are going to be hard to... Uh to follow and and to uh he he's a character that will never be replaced and jim you and i and uh, all the fishermen out there we just have to be happy in the fact that we had the opportunity to know someone like paul and especially as i said the way he was able to help us in life he he was he was kind of like our brother our father our friend uh so many things you know that yeah. uh you know, you, you look for in, in a friend. And uh, loyalty, man, uh, no one yeah. better. And it's, yeah, uh, I, 
And as that, as that, as Ed Zorowski said, no one, nobody beats Paul Leader but God. And uh, we're going to do that. that. That was a good saying, you know. Yeah, like you said. I mean, we've had some, you know, we've had, uh, you know, Kevin Minio, he was kind of the shaker in the early days. He uh, he was kind of the one that put the uh, fishing on the map with his uh, expertise in legalities and, and, and forming us and, and organize us and stuff. And even yourself, you know, I mean, you guys put the Bass Council together. And then, and then after Kevin passed, passed the baton, he passed it on to Paul. Well, Paul, you know, he started uh, uh, doing the uh, monetary things that helped out. You know, uh, you, uh, you want to you uh, start a new circuit? Let's do it, you know, because everything was falling apart here in San Diego. One bass was going sideways, and I got out of one. So we started all this other stuff, you know, and, uh, and that's what survived this town. And that's why these you have team tournaments that we have. You know, we have successful team tournaments. We have our down years and up years. But, you know, when you draw 70 boats or something on a little pond that we have here, right. that says volumes of what, what we have here, of the fishing we have and the support that Leader had behind him, you know, and recognizing what he did for the community. So, I, like you said, John, I'm, I'm absolutely humbled and, and um, you know, proud at the same time that uh, I got to know the man. I got to know him, uh, you know, like you said, I knew him a lot a lot of years, and we've done a lot of things together, so I am going to miss him. That's for sure. Uh, okay. Well, Jim, we're going to let you go because – I know you were entered in this year's El Cajon Ford Team Open. You got to get yourself ready to to go fish, and uh, I'll be seeing you out there. And you know, I can't tell you how much I appreciate you giving up some of your time to come on and share your memories with us, uh, especially when you're preparing for this big event. <laughs> I'm sitting in my boat right now. <laughs> <laughs> All right, All right Jim. You do, a, you do a wonderful job, and this. Uh, this tournament will live on for a long, long time, buddy. So All right. I'll be a supporter of it, too. Thank you, sir. Thank you, Jim. Hey, Jim Slate, okay. uh, team director for the El Cajon Ford Day and Night Series, getting ready to fish the 2017 El Cajon Ford Team Open. Hey, we're going to take a break right now. Coming up next, I hope we can get it out to you. We have an interview that we did with Paul Leader back in 2014. I think you might like to hear it. So stay tuned. There's still a lot more Rod and Reel Radio to come. Are you ready to sell your current boat and upgrade in preparation for the 2017 fishing season? It's sure to be one for the bucks. I'm Zach Zorn and a broker for Kessler Yachts located in San Diego. As one of the largest and most reputable brokerages on the West Coast, I can assure that your boat will be sold in a timely manner or that your dream boat will be found. If you want to sell your boat or looking to purchase one, call Zach Zorn at Kessler Yachts, 760-815-8866, so that your name can be added to our long list of satisfied buyers and sellers. That's Zach Zorn, 760-815-8866.
Angler's Arsenal is the serious angler's first choice for hand-poured plastics, McCoy line, Spro products, Gamakatsu hooks, G. Loomis fishing rods, Shimano products, Ovet reels, and just about anything you hear advertised on Rod and Reel Radio. Go to anglersarsenal.com and visit our online tackle store. See the huge selection of Western Plastics hand-poured baits, all at anglersarsenal.com. Angler's Arsenal Tackle Store is conveniently located in La Mesa, just off Interstate 8. Give us a call at 1-800-428-8730. Hey, welcome back to Ron Real Radio, everyone. Well, for the past uh, hour, we've been uh, giving our uh, our remembrances of Mr. Paul Leader, who passed away this last week. Paul, owner operator of Elkhorn Ford, but also a bigger sponsor of fishing, both uh, freshwater, saltwater, kids fishing here in San Diego County. Now, in 2014, I had the opportunity to do an interview with Paul, talk a little bit about his events, his life. I'm going to play that interview for you right now, and then afterwards I've got a recorded interview that I did with uh, uh, Larry Dahlberg and another one with Aaron Martins at the ICAST show. We're going to play that, and I'll be back with you live after those interviews. So, Jorge, play those interviews. Take it away. But what I want to start off the show with tonight is the fellow that actually makes the 2014 El Cajon Ford San Diego team open what it is, and the fellow that's actually stood behind us for 16 years, Mr. Paul Leader from El Cajon Ford. Paul, welcome to Rod Real Radio. Thanks, John. God, I can't believe it's 16 years. I mean, it's it just keeps going faster than we can keep up with it. It just didn't seem like it was that long ago. No. It was 19... 19- 1998 that we were sitting in your office here going, you know, there isn't much fishing going on uh, during the summer, so why don't we try and give the fishermen something to look forward to between, oh, the end of the the team tournaments and the U.S. Open and some of the bigger fish-offs that are happening? Well, you know, when we started this, uh, like you said, back in, nine, what, 98? God, you, we sat down, and my biggest... Uh, fantasy on the whole thing was the fact that I wanted a two-dayer, and I wanted a two-days with different lakes. So if you fish one one day, flip-flop to the other second day, and I think it's really worked out. In fact, I think if you'll recall, we haven't made too many changes in the format over all these years. It's the most unique format in fishing, and what Paul's referring to is uh, we fish on two lakes on two separate days. This year it's Lake El Capitan, Lake Otay. In the past we've used uh, San Vicente. And, Paul, I think you're really holding up for us to uh, go to San Vicente again. Well, I'll tell you, we, we keep hoping. In fact, we thought it were going to happen this year because that uh, is not only a beautiful lake now since they've redone it, uh, the fish in there has got to be wonderful because of all the fish that hasn't been caught over the last five years. But also... Uh, we just need some more water in there, and if we get more water, uh, as you know, uh, then we'll go- get going on it. But I'm hoping next year, John, maybe maybe that's it. Let's hope. Maybe that that will be. Well, you know, we have 15 tournaments behind us, Paul. A lot of memories. Is there any one tournament in particular that stands out that you can go, wow, this is worth the price of admission? Well, I, I look at two. One uh, where... Uh, uh, Clayton and uh, Wade won all the money, had the highest payoff of any of the 16 terms. I think they made like 10 grand that year. And the other time was just, a, I think, uh, not last year, the year before, where the Martins come in and they beat everybody on both lakes. Yeah, it was, uh, 
a lot of highlights uh, uh, from this event. You know, we fish a lot of the lakes, you know, and a lot of people ask, though, you fish it, uh, you fish it with different partners. Now you're fishing it with your grandson. I mean, we've been here long enough to see your go- grandson go from a toddler to now a serious contender in the, the fishing business. That's how long we've been going. People ask, hey, Paul, if you win the money, are you going to take it? And your answer is? Clayton and I are going to spend it. <laughs> we don't know where, but probably on fishing tackle or fishing poles or fishing reels, something like that. But we'll take very good use of it, I'm sure. And we always have a chance. Of, I used to fish with Bam, and we had a good chance. We got some big fish, and we just never got to number one. But we're hope you hope every year you go your number one. But the payoffs are so good if you... Do two, three, or four, you still make a few bucks. So. Well, this is, and what Paul referring to the payoffs is, this is a team tournament with a first place prize, guaranteed six thousand dollars in cash, and then also the entry into the tournament puts you into the option for the largest fish of the tournament that pays one thousand dollars, and the heaviest stringer of the tournament that pays another thousand dollars. And it isn't too often though that we've seen teams uh, sweep the whole thing, Clayton. And Wade did it that one year. But, uh, you know, most of the years, the money is pretty well dispersed between all the participants of the event. Right. And uh, that's what makes it nice. Uh, a guys, Two guys can come out there and uh, make a few bucks and uh, more than they've ever made before at any other tournament. So we feel good it is a unique situation with our tournaments. And the fact that we do pay out the best in the West or best anywhere, really, for a team tournament. I don't know anybody in the history of bass fishing pays six thousand dollars out guaranteed to the winner of a, a tournament. Well, we've got to thank you and the men and women at Elko and Ford for helping stand behind us to make that guarantee possible. And it it's been a, a great run, and I hope it it, it continues to go because uh, I think it has become an event that comes summertime, the second Monday and Tuesday of, of every August. It's time for the El Cajon Ford Team Open. You got it, John, and uh, let's uh, keep it going the way it has been with our success. And even after my time, I hope somebody keeps rolling through and keeps doing it, and we'll all be happy. Well, 16 years is a good run, but, you know, tell me, you yourself, I know you've been very competitive in sports all your life, but somehow this bass fishing has hooked on to you where, you were you were like the patron of a lot of the bass organizations and the events that are run here in Southern California. What what is it about bass fishing that interests you, Paul? Well, it, uh, from the first day when I caught my first bass, I thought, "Hey, this is pretty good." And then I got got into it, and then I bought a boat, and then on and on, bought more equipment, and tried to do better, and did more equipment, and it just kept uh, going. And then I got looking around and. Uh, saw what maybe I could do with some of my money that I've made at El Cajon Ford and uh, help out some of the organizations and some of the charity deals and some of the kids' deals and just uh, distribute some of the good things to those people that, that are were needed. So, you know, from there it's grown, and I still look at every deal. I have a lot of charities want to hook up with us, and uh, we, we just uh, weed out the best and, uh, we can and take care of our people. Well, hey, speaking of taking care of people, we are conducting this interview at El Cajon Ford, and there's a little noise in the background over here, and we're noticing uh, 
There's going to be a change happening to the actual physical facility at Elkhorn Fort here. What's happening, Paul? First of all, we decided to, after 34 years of redoing the dealership, along the lines of modernization and some of the uh, ideas Ford wants, so we decided to go in it with both feet, and we ended up gutting the dealership, both buildings, and uh, that's where we're standing. You and I are sitting like in the middle of, of nothing. That's got people running around pounding things and taking tile up. But they gutted the dealership, and that's what made me darn near ill because I didn't believe the remodel, so they say, would take this intensity that we have. But it's it's a joke. It's not a remodel. It's a rebuild because everything got gutted. But if I can tell you one thing, John, we're sitting here in all this crap that uh, if it turns out as nice as my quick lane building did, it'll be really a, a wonderful, wonderful place. Well, we know uh, Jim Slythe is a general contractor on that, and in talking with uh, uh, Jim from stem to stern, it seems like this place is going to be modernized, whether it's the telephones, the, the electrical systems, the air conditioning, the uh, uh, display of the, the Ford lighting. products, the lighting. And then also the service and comfort to your customers is also going to be improved. You've got the quick lane going. That was the first thing that you wanted to go because, you know, that's the number one part of service when it comes to Elko and Ford is servicing the products that you've sold. Right on, John. And uh, it's a little bit uh, crowded right now because we had to move uh, some of the sales uh, offices over there and uh, everybody's sort of sharing a small space. But we'll get that thing all set up in the... I hope in the next 90 days we'll be right there. Well, if you hadn't had the opportunity to come to Broadway in Maine and El Cajon to see the, what's happening at El Cajon Ford, you should stop on by, say hello to Paul Leader or Paul Dyke or Clayton Belden or any of the salespeople over here and uh, see the new products because you're still open for business, aren't you? Oh, yeah. I mean, it's uh, it's uh, it's more difficult to... To, for us, uh, as it would be for the customer, but we try and direct the customers. We have enough signs saying we're open and construction, and please excuse our hats. And and uh, but we do find uh, ways of, of how, helping people out still and doing business on trying to do business, I should say, on a normal basis. Well, Paul, looking at this remodel or reconstruction, as you put it, uh, it looks like. Elkhorn Ford and Ford is going to be here for a little bit. I know you've been to a lot of meetings this year, and you've been seeing the projections on what Ford is anticipating is going to be happening in the future. Are there a lot of good things in Ford's future right now? Well, as, uh, with what they've already got, they're coming with a brand-new Mustang, which will excite people, a brand-new F-150 truck that's going to be all aluminum, and brand-new uh, vans. Uh, different three or four different sizes in cargo vans and people mover vans. They are the three things coming on top of us having a new fusion, a new escape, a new focus, and all those good products that Ford has come with. Uh, we're just going to be adding to it. And when you add to it, of course, you have a different clientele. You have more people. Just like the uh, Mustang, for instance, is a, a certain market of people love Mustangs and. They want to see what the new one's going to look like. So we're really excited about what's coming down. Well, it seems like not only that are there new products, but there's great innovation with Ford, obviously. 
with the new engine that's in the trucks. Now Ford is going to be putting those engines into a lot of the passenger vehicles and offering great economy on, on cars that have already been very economical. Right on, John, and uh, that's what their Ford has been trying to do technology-wise is make sure that uh, the engines and transmissions down the road take care of just that and MPG, which is miles per gallon. And uh, I think that so far they've done a wonderful deal. And what's wonderful about the, the smaller engines, we haven't lost any horsepower. And just like in the new truck, we've got a diff, different MPG, and we're going to have a smaller uh, EcoBoost engine with the same power we had before. So that's what's wonderful about it all. Well, hey, let's get back to the tournament because this is an exciting time. We've just gone through the team meeting. You know, you don't know yet what lake you're going to be starting on. You know, you could be on El Cap. You could have been on Otai. Do you have any particular preference on what lake you want to start the tournament on and why? Not really. I I think, uh, well, there's different versions of that. I mean, some guys want to start on Otai and get that out of the lake because it's the toughest lake. Others want to start on on uh, El Cap, El Cap, and because they're going to get the big bags, they think. But so that that's where the two think, thinkings are on both lakes. But the bad thing is, or not the bad thing, I should say, the good thing about the format is you can't win this tournament just by having a big sack on the on one lake and winning one lake. You better do something on the other lake, or you won't be even in the money. You've got to fish real well, really, both days on both lakes. And I think we saw that last year where one of the teams came in with like 29 pounds on one lake and they went to the second lake and didn't do nearly as well. And as a matter of fact, they didn't even make the top 10 because a lot of the other teams had done consistently better than they had. The key word on the two lakes, John, is consistency. And uh, without that, you can't win. And that's, that's what we're looking at. The team that has the best consistency on both lakes. You can finish second on both lakes and win it all, or third and win it all because of what difference there is in both the lakes. Otai, you know, is going to be the toughest. El Cap's going to be the best. And uh, we just hope everything else works into place. The weather's going to be good. It's going to be warm. But it's always been warm for this tournament. In fact, I, I remember one year you and I were laughing about it. It was 102 every day. But this year it's going to be a little cooler. But still, the time of the day that we're having this tournament, we have to get off the lake, as you said, by 1 o'clock. It'll be hot enough. Oh, it's going to be great. Hey, just one more question I want to ask you, and I I, I know know, it's a subject that's, you know, really caught San Diego in the the grips of, of sorrow, and that was the passing of Tony Gwynn. He was the spokesman for El Cajon Ford for almost 20 years. Um... What did Tony's passing, what did that mean to you, and and where are you going to go from this point in time after this? First of all, I don't know whether we're, we're going to go any further than Tony's memory, which uh, is uh, unbelievable, and we found out how real value uh, the whole town is, I should say, I found out the real value of who Tony Gwynn was and what he did for our community and what he did for himself as a man. Uh, you know, it, it's a, a tragic loss for us. We did spend 20-some years with him, and uh, I can tell you everything they say about Tony and how what kind of person he is, how he acted, and how he was is true. 
and uh, we know it as well as anybody because we dealt with him on a contract basis for 20 years and uh, had a wonderful, wonderful association. So we're going to miss him, and uh, we're just uh, like everything else. you got to go on. But to replace Tony Gwynn, uh-uh, no way you can replace that. Even with modern-day athletes, you can't replace a Tony Gwynn uh, compared to what's out there today. So as far as the spokesperson goes, uh, we might just pass on that for a while and uh, and let Tony's memory and people still remember, oh, that's Tony Gwynn's place, alcohol and Florida. And that's what we uh, hope to accomplish with it all. Well, I know uh, in the old El Cajon Ford showroom, you had a, a showcase of all kinds of great Tony Gwynn memorabilia. In the new El Cajon Ford showroom, is there still going to be a showcase dedicated to Tony Gwynn? Oh, definitely. Uh, that's uh, we still got some great memories. And uh, No, we don't want to forget Tony Gwynn. That's not the whole object. We want Tony to be still part of us and still here. Uh, one of the ways that we can show that is by having a little memorial for him, which we've had there for, I think, three or four years now. But we've got uniforms and shoes and pictures and articles and magazines and just nice things like that that we've all seen over the course of his career. And uh, this just brings it out to light. It's not gaudy or stupid. It's just just a nice little deal that we finally, every time I walk by it, you you got to remember what, Tony meant to the dealership and and just puts a good smile on her face. Well, a lot of the things that are in the showcase are articles that Tony personally presented to you because of the relationship that you'd had with him and his family over the past 20 years. Well, Paul, we're ready for the tournament. Uh, you're fishing the 16th year here. Um, I hope that we're going to be handing you that uh, that number one check and that big old gaudy trophy that I'm making uh, for you. Uh, I wish you a lot of luck. And in parting, what do you want to tell us? Thanks, John. And one thing we haven't mentioned is the fact that how big a deal are our uh, wonderful statues of, of the to the winners for big fish winning tournaments. You ought to see those. I mean, if you've never seen a a, a wonderful piece of art like we put together for this tournament. It is something to behold, and it's something to cherish when you when you win something. Well, you know, it, we say it all the time: the money's nice, but in no time at all, that's gone. And then you've got the beautiful trophies that you've put together for the fishermen; those are really well. I know uh, Art Bailey at uh, Anglers Marine; he has won this tournament a couple of times, and he displays his first place prize in the showroom there over at Angler's Marine, and it's one of his proudest possessions. Right on, and, uh, you know, this is a tough tournament, and the the idea uh, is great, but the tough part of the tournament is the type of people that we attract to fish this. There isn't too many weak teams that come to fish this tournament. In fact, there are people in town that could put a team together, won't fish it, just because of the competition. So that's what we know all about us and what we're going to do, and and you're running the tournament like always. We forget to mention your fact that you ran it for 16 years, did a wonderful job, and this year is going to be like every other year. Great. It and is going to be a great tournament. Well, that's Paul Leader from El Cajon Ford, folks. We've been talking about the 2014 El Cajon Ford San Diego Team Open. 
You can count on El Cajon Ford, as so many Southern Californians have for years. El Cajon Ford has the cars and trucks you can count on, like the all-new Fusion and Escape, Edge, Explorers, and more. And now, Fiestas with 38 MPG and Focus with 40 miles per gallon highway, plus C-Max Energy with up to 42 highway EPA estimates. El Cajon Ford has them now. Shop online at ElCajonFord.com. Choose from hundreds of your favorite F-Series trucks, too. El Cajon Ford knows trucks, no matter what you're hauling or towing, for a great weekend of fishing or for some fun in the desert. Now get special savings on every F-Series truck in stock, 150s, 250s, 350s, at El Cajon Ford. We have commercial trucks, too, including the all-new Transit Connect, finally a commercial van with great mileage, helping your business get moving again. El Cajon Ford, worth the short drive from anywhere in Southern California, Broadway and East Main at El Cajon, or online anytime, anywhere at ElCajonFord.com. He's not just my fishing buddy. After 30 years, he's a brother, and I'd sure hate to lose him. His bass boat's got nothing to do with it. So I make sure both of us wear a life jacket. Save the ones you love, even if they don't own a fancy boat. A message from California State Parks Division of Boating and Waterways. Quantum Fishing's got something for everybody. From the smallest angler to the oldest veteran, we can get you out there fishing with the greatest reels on the market today. From the all-new for 2016 Icon PT to the Tour Mag to the brand-new redesigned Smoke Reel, we've got something for everyone in your family. Have some fun. Take a kid fishing. They're the future of our sport. Quantum, we are performance-tuned. You can get your quantum products at anglersarsenal.com or anglersarsenal in the Mesa at 619-466-8355. Attention Rod and Reel Radio listeners. Be sure to check out the Code Group mobile app. You can listen to the Rod and Reel Radio show live along with show archives without internet access. The Code Group app has all kinds of cool features for fishermen, including daily Southern California saltwater reports, weather reports, episodes of Inside Sport Fishing, Marine Traffic, and much more. Get the free Code Group mobile app by texting the word REEL, R-E-E-L, to 90407, or enter the words Code Group in the App Store on your smartphone. Hey, we're continuing walking around the ICAST show in Orlando. We stopped by the River to Sea booth and saw one of the pros here, and it's a gentleman that we've had on the show before and a name that you would... Probably all recognize Mr. Larry Dahlberg. Larry, how are you doing, sir? I'm not medically qualified to answer your question, but I feel <laughs> I feel pretty good. You look good. Well, this is only the first day of the show. We'll come back to you on Friday, okay? <laughs> Larry, River to Sea, uh, man, they have grown in leaps and bounds and stuff like that. Tell us a little bit about uh, your association with the company. I've been associated with uh, River to Sea since, uh, golly, it's got to be six, seven, eight, nine uh, years now. And uh, I'm not really a fishing pro. I'm just a fisherman. Right. And I like to make lures. And uh, the guys at River to Sea are just really super people. And uh, a small company, very nimble. And uh, we're interested in uh, developing some of the ideas that I've come up with over the 30, 40 years that I've been playing with this stuff. You know, that's as simple as that. Well, that's a great concept because that gives you more chance to go fishing and not have to sit around, toy around with the lures and expend the money and you come on back and there's almost a finished product. Or if it needs to be tweaked, you can tweak it and yeah, send it I, back and away it goes. Well, actually, I do all the tweaking. Really? And uh, when I send it to them, it's <laughs> ready to roll, usually with an engineering drawing and a, a prototype that works perfectly. 
But most of these, I've been working at these for many, many years. I just pulled them out of the drawer. When I was six, I got ripped off by the tackle industry when I was in my 20s. I invented the blank through offset handle. Oh, my gosh. Later called the Berkeley uh, Lightning Rod, and I had patents on it and everything. We had someone that signed a non-disclosure agreement and brought it to uh, Berkeley, and they executed it. And in the first uh, 12 months, there was $85 million worth of infringing product. My design had to reduce the weight of the Lou Childry system by uh, 50%, and it was 25% stronger, and the industry just stole it. And I, rather than fight it, I didn't have enough money. Uh, I just thought, okay, I'm putting stuff away, and I'm not pulling it out till I'm 60 years old. And that's when I started pulling stuff out. I still uh, am working in my workshop designing lures every single day. No kidding. Um, wow. I, every day. Uh, I mess with it. I've got a head full of ideas that are driving me insane. Wow. You know, a lot of the people that I've known in the industry, like Cotton Cordell and folks like they're like that. They've just got all these ideas and just not enough time almost to, to develop them. But you're working with River to Sea, and it looks like you're working with a great group of people over here to help you develop some of that technology. Simon has put together an unbelievable team uh, from the standpoint of development, from the standpoint of manufacture, quality control. Uh, the factory, a brand new factory has just been finished. Uh, they're building up a brand new uh, facility here in, uh, in California. They'll be moving into, I think, next week. So the company is just doing super, and the products are great, and I couldn't be happier, and just great. Well, now you've talked that you've worked on some of the lures. Can you tell us some of the lures that you've worked on for River to Sea and, and you know, some of the features, advantages, and benefits of those, uh, those products? My goal was, for many, many years ago, I wanted to make the most perfectly realistic in terms of how it moves, crayfish, minnow, frog. So the first lures I developed for them were a frog, uh, a crayfish, and a, a kind of a swim bait. And I think if you look at them very closely, they are the, in terms of the way they move, are the most accurate representations that have been made. Uh, we currently are not in stock uh, on the frog, unfortunately. Uh, but those are the uh, the other uh, other uh, designs, other than the Whopper Plopper, which of course has been so popular. Sure enough, uh, I think that uh, you find any single lure that's in most demand right now, it's a Whopper Plopper, and it's one of those things that at first, when you look at it, you go, "Oh, come on." Well, that's a mistake most fishermen make: is they look at things through their own eyes. Yeah, you got to look at things through a fish's eyes, uh, or better yet. You've got to look at it through his ears. A fish lives in an environment that's wired for sound, not for sight. These lures are designed, the uh, plopper is designed to create a random, non-mechanical sound that uh, varies uh, a great deal, uh, maybe three octaves. And uh, the big plopper on hard bottom, that sound will travel for a couple hundred yards. There's, we come up with a new size this year. We had a the big boy was 190. We started out as a musky lure and started catching great big giant bass on it. And then we went to a 130 and then down to a 90. And we put one right in between the 90 and the 130, 110 size. And that one has been really, really popular and effective for 
really wide, wide species of uh, fish. You know, it's a, a, a kind of an interesting uh, uh, a fact that you uh, you mentioned that the fish are wired more to sound. A lot of times we think sound can sometimes uh, shoo them away. Sure and can. we use look at like another lure that, you know, when we first looked at it, we went, that isn't going to work. And that was like Gary Yamamoto Cinco. And you go, oh, no, come on. That, that thing is a cigar. How's, what does a fish think it is? But that isn't necessarily the way things work. There are two things you need to think about. One is what does it do? The second is what does it look like? Fish come in two different varieties, kind of uh, fish that eat each other and fish that eat bugs. And oftentimes it's like a Venn diagram where those two things inter, inter, uh, intersect, okay? Where a fish gets like a big brown trout that was eating bugs all of his lights get big enough, now he's eating minnows. Or you could have a situation where you got a 40-pound lake trout eating uh, midges or uh, emergers like a whale would eat krill. It's the exception to the rule. But when we're talking about imitating insects, then what it looks like matters more usually than what it does because it has to dead drift. It has to act as though it cannot move very much on its own. Lures that are dynamic, uh, what's more important than what they look like, I think, is what they do in the water and in many cases uh, sometimes what they sound like. We're speaking with uh, Mr. Larry Dahlberg. We are at the River to Sea booth here at the 2017 ICAST show. Larry's talking a little bit about uh, his ideas and his design for lures and how he is now putting a lot of those uh, into effect with River to Sea. And I'm, I'm glad you have an opportunity now to do this and that you can do it with people that will work with you to develop your theme and uh, or you bring a man, what better deal can you have if, you, if there's an already engineered lure they bring right to you and you go, okay, guys, this thing works, make it. Yeah. Yeah. That, <laughs> that's, that's found money. Mm-hmm. Well, a lot of you people remember uh, Larry probably from a lot of videos you've seen over the years. And Larry, I, I've got to tell you, I first met you through your, your videos too. And some of the most unique places in the world that uh, you've been able to fish this um, this ability that you have to design lures and know what the, the fish like obviously has to come from your experience of traveling and catching fish all over the world. Not really. You know, it comes from being a little kid okay. and uh, spending a couple thousand hours on the water every summer and keeping my eyes and ears open and watching them and uh, making a commitment early in my life that voodoo is baloney. There is no voodoo. There's a reason for everything. And I would fish with people, and they'd change this, change that. It was all voodoo because they weren't changing anything. And so what I have learned is based purely on watching fish, watching how they react to lures. And there's a set of triggers that apply to any species of lures. What enabled me to be successful as I traveled around the world and catch fish was the background that I had developed as a little kid fishing every single day for muskies and smallmouth and largemouth and walleyes. I would take periods of time and devote, okay, I'm going to fish crankbaits for walleyes. I'm going to fish this lure or that lure. I'm going to fish live bait, and I'd go through it. In every angle, every 
conceivable way that you can think of to see how the fish react or if they don't react. Um, we have this thing I hear all the time, uh, the bass guys say it, and I laugh every time. They say, yeah, it was a reaction bite. <laughs> it makes me laugh because every bite that's ever been bit is a reaction bite. Sure. It's, it's a reaction. It, yeah. <laughs> of course it is. And the question you ask yourself is, what does it take to make this thing react? It depends on a hundred things. So it could be something extremely subtle, or it could be something that's just it way out over the top. It depends. If I've got 15 bass in a school hanging off a point, they're competitive with one another, and they'll bite. There's a hundred lures that you could catch them on. you got a single fish someplace. It's tucked away. It's had his brains beat out uh, by anglers. Then it's going to take something else to catch him. If he's been caught before on other stuff, fish have tremendous memories. I don't care what the scientists tell you. I've had fish in tanks that we mess with for a long, long time. And I can put a, a fish in a tank, a large enough tank, handle him right, three days, he'll begin feeding. Take a bait that has a tremendous amount of attracting power. Like a spinner bait, run it through the water, boom, he'll bite it right now. It might be two weeks before he will react to that thing again. Really? Take a dark colored, nondescript plastic worm, six, eight inches long, dark color, put it in the tank, make it go tepity tup, 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 the bottom, let it sit there, and you'll watch this bass, you'll worry him, and he'll tip, and he'll come and look, might take four or five minutes. He'll come and he'll sample it, and he'll slurp it up. He'll continue to make the mistake on that lure over and over and over again. But these lures with high triggering things that he hasn't seen before, he's sampling them, and he gives them a whack. Mm-hmm. And if he gets a negative in his head, you're not going to sample that again uh, for a while. Uh, the nondescript little tappy on the bottom, uh, they've got great memories, and they have sampled things since they were two inches long that have the same sort of uh, look in the water, tap, tap, tap in the bottom. Maybe it's some small insect that's trying to get away. Maybe it's a mayfly that's digging down into a burrow. Maybe it's a little sculpin that's... You don't know, but he sampled it. It, it, it has a, a similar sort of set of behaviors, perhaps, that he has sampled successfully. Like a positive reinforcement and a negative reinforcement. It's as simple as that. It's a plus and a minus. Right. They don't say, well, I remember back when we were... No, it's a plus or a minus. It's like touch the flame with your your finger. I ain't going to do that again. And and I very much believe fish are that way. And I can prove it to you. Well, you know, I don't care whether it's a a largemouth bass or a, a bluefin tuna or a peacock bass, nothing more exciting than catching fish on the top water. And Amen. It's, it's, you know, you've, you've had a chance to do a little bit of traveling. Uh, rumor has it you've caught a fish or three in your life. Is there any one species that, if you were to say, I can only make one more trip and I want to go after one fish, what, what do you think that would be, Larry? Boy, that's a really hard question. Um, the species that is the most exciting to fish for, I think, in the whole wide world is the tarpon. Uh, they're found in every marine environment, literally. Uh, but tarpon, sight fishing for tarpon uh, with lures 
for flies is probably the most exciting, heart-pounding fishing that, that I've ever experienced. But as I continue to get a little bit older and older, I'm not so sure I want to wrestle uh, with these guys quite as long as... <laughs> you know, tarpon, probably tarpon fishing. So you say if i got one day left, it depends on how old I am and what kind of shape I'm in. That's so. like, <laughs> like out our way, you know, uh, we have 250-pound bluefin tuna off the coast, and uh, having them out there is one thing getting one hooked up and trying to bring it in is another yep yeah it's interesting freshwater fishing the problem is getting bit saltwater fishing your problems begin after you get bit (laughs) we see that a lot uh with uh, rigging and gears and being uh, sawed off and uh, all the new stuff that's coming on out uh is there uh is there any more traveling in your future any more television that uh, you're going to be doing that uh we might want to know about? Well, I'm running, uh, I think I've got 20 years of material. And currently I'm doing, uh, I'm rerunning all the old Hunt for Big Fish shows, calling them the classics. Uh, whether or not I shoot any more shows or not, I'm not sure. I'm just taking some time off. and I uh, lost, uh, lost my best friend in a car, in a airplane crash here uh, in a year, about a year and a half ago. A fellow named Cesar Calor, he was uh, uh, from Suriname. And uh, when he got killed, it changed my future plans uh, quite a bit. Uh, I've got two grandkids who I like to spend time with. And and so I'm going to go spots and fish. uh, Fish almost every day at home. And uh, I just like doing it without a cameraman. Yeah? And uh, I kind of, you know, I just... Or having to look over your shoulder to see if there's a, a group of somebody after you because you're fishing in a spot where maybe uh, it's politically um, not stable. Uh, yeah. You that, fish in a few of those places. That's really never bothered me. I always just sort of feel invisible. I, I've never. I've been in three military revolutions, but I never felt like I was in any danger. What the hell they want to shoot me for? I'm know? just fishing. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's uh, never bothered me, but, you know, oftentimes uh, we don't uh, have a very good grip on our own mortality. When when you've gone to some of these locations and you meet indigenous people that, and you show them techniques and stuff like that, have you actually been an instructor to show them some of the fish or what can be done in their area and you leave new knowledge with them? Almost every time. Uh, I've had some wonderful... Uh, letters or emails from the little African guys that I've fished with. You remember, we were back and we did this and we did this and I cannot remember. How did we do this? How did we catch all these fish? <laughs> it was, I've had some really, really... Well, not only that, a lot of your side comments like, uh, not only have you introduced fishing to these people, but you brought them uh, Jolly Ranchers and you introduced them to Tooth Decay. <laughs> yeah. yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah. Man. Well, Larry... It's been a pleasure talking with you. I've enjoyed it a lot. Your association with River to Sea, and now being able to see some of your designs come to fruition, it's got to be exciting for you. Yep. I appreciate you taking some time to spend oh, not only with me but our Southern California audience. I love love talking with you. It's been my pleasure, and I'm also working with uh, an outfit down the street here called Temple Fork Outfitters. Oh yeah. Yeah, I'm designing uh, a line of conventional fishing rods for them and uh, some of them are designed to throw ploppers 
If uh, anybody wants to contact you or see what you're doing or be current, is there a way to do that, like on Facebook or yeah. a website or anything, Larry? And what is that? I've got a Facebook page. Um, it's Hunt for Big Fish something. Okay. And it'll, it'll come up. And uh, I don't post real often, uh, but if I've got something, I was in Trinidad here a few months back and caught a bunch of great big old tarpon and, and uh, testing fishing rods and uh, I posted in that but people can actually uh, contact me two ways one on Facebook but then I, there's a website uh, huntforbigfish.com and uh, somewhere on their page it says ask Larry it's a forum and so if anyone has any questions like they have lure building saltwater freshwater general questions that's the best best way uh, to contact me alright Larry Dahlberg, uh, not only a legend, but a gentleman, too. Thank you for taking the time that you spent with us, and you just have a great show here, all right? <laughs> you too. All right, thank you. Hey, we'll be back with more Rod and Reel Radio after these messages. I like rafting. I love whitewater. But I never forget that snowmelt in the river can cause cold water shock. I wear a life jacket always. Anyone with me has got to do the same. Save the ones you love. A message from California State Parks Division of Boating and Waterways. Gamakatsu hooks are made from high-grade carbon steel specially heat treated to make them light and extra strong but not brittle. The Gamakatsu sharpening process is the most modern in the world and results in a perfectly conical point that is unequaled in sharpness. Gamakatsu offers a huge variety of hooks for all types of fishing, drop shot, extra wide gap, worm hooks, finesse wide gap, and a lot more. Gamakatsu has a hook for whatever style of fishing you want to do. Don't waste your time on a cheap hook. Ask for Gamakatsu hooks at your favorite tackle store now. Hey everybody, this is a message for our listeners from a new Baja Magic Lodge at Cedros Island. Cedros Outdoor Adventures wants to make your dream of fish at Cedros Island a reality. Want to go after giant calicos or yellowtail with the best Cedros Island fishing organization, but you just don't know who to contact? Then give Cedros Outdoor Adventures a call at 619-793-5419, or even better yet, log on to their informative website at cedrosoutdooradventures.com. There you can visit their trip calendar and schedule a trip that's convenient for you. Once again, the phone number is 619-793-5419 or their website of cedrosoutdooradventures.com. I got a garage full of fishing tackle, and every time I get out on the water, I realize I forgot something important. But I never forget my life jacket. I make sure my buddies wear theirs, too. Save the ones you love. A message from California State Parks Division of Boating and Waterways. Hey, as we're traveling around the 2017 ICAST show, we stopped off at the Gamagatsu booth, and who do we run into but Mr. Aaron Martins. Aaron, welcome to the show. Oh, I, we had lunch yesterday, remember that? Yeah, we, <laughs> we had lunch together. You're going to sit later in the show. It's probably. hard for us to do an interview with our <laughs> mouth full, though. Yeah. Hi, everybody. It hey, is Aaron. Hey, this is Aaron Martin. And Aaron, uh, let's talk about, uh, you know, first of all, the Gamagatsu products. You've got some... New products that you're running through Gamakatsu, and they are pretty sensational. They are. <clears throat> the, the one of the biggest things I had with Gamakatsu, and over the years, I've been doing my own keepers, fluorocarbon. I've been doing fluorocarbon keepers for like 10 years now, and I've and even longer than that. But the, the keep a bait up on the hook has always been a, I don't like offsets that much. I always think, a, almost always think a straight shank is better. Uh, but that's been the, and, and with the new technology, I guess the new, they, they've, raise the carbon amount of carbon in the hook and how they do that where it doesn't snap i know in the past when they made try to make hooks better they they break on you which wasn't good but now they got the process down where it's 
you know, I don't think I've had one of my hooks break. But they, uh, <clears throat> but they're really sharp, thin diameter, low flex, for his, and and the keeper is going to be beautiful. We're at, we're right in the process of probably even making it better. But right now, the keeper I think is probably one of the best keepers in the market when it comes out. It's going to be phenomenal. I've been using that keeper for this whole season, and it, it is incredible. Like you can't, you actually have it. There's actually a certain way of getting the bait off. If you want to remove the bait, and uh, you have to twist it like a screw. That slide it off. Otherwise, they'll just rip the head of the worm off, which is what you want. Now, what, the last thing you want is a worm to come down and ball up on your hook. And that, that's what costs you a lot of fish in the past is when you set the hook and it worm balls up. It keeps the hook from popping through their mouth. And then you get balled in and they just kind of shake their head, jump, throw the hook. Uh, but now that new hook all this year is incredible. Like, it, it's almost always up the line, which is where you want the worm to go. Well, the thing I have to admire in what we're talking about is a, a new line of finesse heavy cover hooks that Gamagatsu is coming out yep. with. That Aaron Martin has been, uh, you know, uh, engineering and designing for him, and I've got to give it to Gamakatsu because, yeah. uh, you know, right. they've come out with initial designs and it's still not been to your satisfaction. They go back to the drawing board and make sure it's Perfect. right. You got to give that to Gamakatsu <laughs> to make sure. Yeah, it's right. I think Gamakatsu knows that, that. That's probably why they like me too. I've, I've been with them for I don't know how many years, twenty years. Uh, being a perfectionist, that's kind of how Gamakatsu is, and. And it's it's amazing seeing from when I started fishing till now how how much everything's advanced, but including hooks. I mean, that's incredible. I mean, what I used to fish with when I started fishing compared to what we have now is amazing. Uh, the nano coat, for instance, that that coat that I, you wouldn't think of just putting a coating on a hook that make that much of a difference. It's a steel hook. You think it would it still pop through the same, but it makes a huge difference oh, having that nano coat on. Oh, you can you can hardly touch those no, things without getting uh, that, pinched by them. That's uh, that's the, my name for my box and my I have my little my boxes and my and my big boxes. I have everything separated in little boxes and that it's T-bone T-bone for the because my laugh was David Mullins uh, was feeling one of my hooks and he he stuck himself to a point where it bled. And he's like, I thought it was to the bone and I from that, I stuck from that point on. So I call him T-bone because that's easy for me to see that hook and I have a bunch of boxes. I see T-bone, I can grab it real quick. That's the nickname for my hook. Well. You've got a bunch of other great uh, uh, products, though, that you're also representing, too. Uh, yesterday, when I first saw you, you were over in the Dual Realis booth. What are you doing yeah, with those folks? Yeah, I know. I was over there a lot. That's why my voice probably sounds a little different. <laughs> um, I, I've been with Realis this whole season. I got with them last year. Uh, it's been really good. Uh, Realis makes a, a tremendous bait. That's, I, 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 I've been looking at their baits for a long time and examining them, you know, how I do, and I just kind of fell in love with the, the way they build the baits. Um, the plastic they use, everything. They're made in Japan, which is really cool. Uh, nice people. I've been talk- We've been talking for years, but it, it's it's finally come down to that. And also, I saw some room for baits that they didn't have yet, which kind of excited me because oh, that's good. I, I I'm kind of I've been a perfectionist in the way I am with lure design. I, I'm so busy nowadays; it's hard to. But I have so many ideas, and I think uh, Dual Reales can bring some of those ideas to to life. You know. You know we. Uh, Yesterday we were speaking with Larry Dahlberg, and, and he's finding it very satisfying to work with a company where he can take his design and his ideas and give it to them and know that they're going to make it make a quality product and that it's going to be a bait that's kind of like his, but it's, it's sold through another company. And I think this is what you're seeing with Duo, too. You, yeah. you see the potential with these people to take your ideas and your design and really yeah. turn them into a bait that they can they can actually use. yeah do the magic because there's i mean you have the ideas but in order to make the idea work there's a lot of 
filing and a lot of shaping you got to do, bill shapes, whatever it is. If it's a hard bait or a soft bait, there's always it's not it never almost never going to be perfect out of your head onto the paper, or so they to have somebody like Mr. Hidachi at Real is that can actually take an idea and, and make it work is is pretty neat. All right, well, let's talk a little bit about hey, what's going to be happening in the next couple of months because right I from know. this show. Man, you have to uh, head gonna north. Be, it's gonna be, it's gonna be, uh, it's gonna be interesting for the next month and a month or so. I, got, I think I, I don't know what I have coming up. I know I have a, the St. Lawrence and Champlain coming up here next week and the week after. So it's me busy. I'll be, I'll be there Saturday. Hopefully Saturday night. I got, I gotta start driving tomorrow morning. Well, you know, it's, uh, it's exciting actually, though. It's the smallmouth side of the circuit. You coming from Southern California? Yeah, a lot of familiarity with largemouth, and now you live close to Gunnersville, largemouth. What what do you have to change when it comes to uh, uh, fishing smallmouth? Uh, you don't. The cool thing about smallmouth is you don't have to bring as much tackle usually. I mean, I, I cut my tackle probably in at least a third out of my. T- I take about a third out of my tackle, and by the time a tournament starts, usually I'm down to about a third of what I usually carry. So, you know, I go from like 220 pounds of tackle to about 60 pounds of tackle, basically. Which is nice. So it's a lot more. There's a lot. There's a lot less to to be ready for. Largemouth are actually kind of harder to to pattern and to catch consistently for over a a, a four day tournament. And smallmouth are they're tricky too in a way, but they're it's it's there's less things to do for them. Does that make sense? Sure. Like drop shotting, good, yeah. uh, jerk bait, spinner baits. Uh, jigs I throw a little bit before them, not really a tube. You know, it's kind of kind of easier to get ready for. Um, it's just a matter of finding the, you know, color can be kind of important and the weight of the bait can be important. So, and that, also line size makes a big difference in the, not for the fish seeing it, but actually the, the way the bait works on online. So I might, you know, start off with eight pounds, say, in a, in a in first day of the tournament. By the end of the tournament, I might be throwing like six pounds. So well, kind of make adjustments during it. You got to do those kind of adjustments, but that's, they're, they're just a matter of finding them and, and we still got to throw the right things so. up. Well, you know, when you were down for the elite tournament at Lake Havasu last year, predominantly what people think of as smallmouth lake, you were able to find the largemouth mm-hmm. and to win that event. Is that something that you're going to try and do at these lakes to see if you can find uh, largemouth to win you, it? Or you kind of, I think we all. It's very rare for an elite guy, I think, to go up there, especially the veteran guys, to go fish for just smallmouth when they know that some of these lakes have like seven pound largemouth in them. Yeah. It's kind of hard for us to just go. Smallmouth, a lot of times I do, um, and I feel like it's a gamble sometimes. Just, you might miss out on a good largemouth bite, but uh, I have people like Todd Faircloth and stuff. I talk to a few of the guys on tour that, can, that can't resist to go for the different largemouth. <laughs> so I can, I can use him as a kind of a gauge. To, when we talk to each other, he talks to me about the smallmouth, and I'll be like, uh, I will maybe run some sizes back and forth, and be like after a while we'll kind of figure out that. But it, you could find a little spot for sure, especially at St. Lawrence. But you, could, you could win a tournament on largemouth for sure. It could happen. Nope. You know, we're here at the ICAST show, and you have many sponsors that you represent, plus the fact that it's sponsors that keep you on the water. You're, yeah. Being, yeah. you're being spread so thin in the yeah. scene, people wanting your time, being in the booth, wanting to talk to you, introduced to that. And you find out a lot of times with sponsorship, are, uh, as you grow in your career and you become one of the more elite fishermen do you find it hard to uh, that the sponsorship part kind of takes over for the fishing part and you don't get a chance to spend as much time on the fishing part as you like 
as opposed to the business part? If you're doing good, it's a stage of your career in fishing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah for sure. Uh, I think that's what you've seen with Kevin Van Dam, kind of sloping off a little bit. And we, we joked about it. it. It is. It's just you're so busy and booked up. And, you know, when we were younger, you know, our kids were younger or we didn't have kids. You could fish a lot. You could pre-practice. You could fish all the time. And now it's like you almost never fish. None of us do. Except when, you, when you have to. And, unless we have to. And, and, and yeah, and, and there's nothing going on, but, you know, without the sponsors. And I guess it's, it's kind of cool in a way. Um, yeah, that's where all the, that's where, that's how you make your living in this sport. I mean, you can, it's hard to fish BASS and make a living just by winning. So unless you win two or, you know, one or two of them a year, you might be able to do it. But if you don't have the, you know, sponsors backing you up, it's almost impossible. Yeah. So you got to take care of your sponsors and, and, I, and, and, and my you know, my sponsors, a lot of them are very understanding. They're, I have really good sponsors. There, uh, I kind of like to keep. I've been with my sponsors most of them a really long time. I kind of like that. It's like you're almost like you're sort of like family a little bit, really. And that's how you want it. And uh, yeah, it's it's tough. And and I think, but the biggest part with me is my kids uh, being ten and thirteen, ten year old boy and a thirteen year old girl. That's they're getting that age now. It's really hard to take out. I mean, I might have a couple weeks during the year three weeks or four or even a month like I, I should be pre-practicing but i'm taking those weeks off to spend with my family which to me is more important important part at this sure. age it's hard to, it's hard to leave them now yeah well, i can understand that because you're missing soccer games or yeah. football games Miss or, a lot of soccer games or whatever activities they're involved yeah. in and you know mom does a good job but you yep. want to be a part of that too yeah so my kids are you know my daughter's well understand she's been seasoned she's been around a while she's been 13 now she's been she's been through it a lot and uh and my boy is getting to that point now where he understands so and that that makes it a little easier they understand daddy's got work and 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 pay the bills and put him through college hopefully or i don't know if they, i want him to go through college from what i've seen lately <laughs> i'll make sure it's a good college uh well, you know uh it, it's funny you know we just talked to dean rojas and he has one of his sons that uh-huh. is just gung-ho to go fishing now you have a daughter that could care less about freshwater fishing, but when it comes to saltwater fishing, she, she is a force to be reckoned with. Can't go without her anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I used to go saltwater fishing. She would, wouldn't perk up when I'd say I'm going saltwater fishing. But now I, if I plan a trip, it's she says, I, I'm going. That's all she says. <laughs> I can't. So she'll always go. Uh, Spencer, I think, is actually showing showing some interest. He's he's a high-energy um got a lot of me in him he's got a lot of his mom in him too but he's he's uh he doesn't have the patience like i had when i was a kid he's very high energy and, and it's hard to put him in a bass boat but even even in a saltwater boat i don't he's but now he's getting older he's 10 and he's starting to show he's starting to slow down a little bit and he's actually kind of talking about fishing now which is a first this year that he's actually kind of hinting that let's go fishing so that's kind of really neat too uh but my daughter she's she likes all fishing but yeah saltwater's it's I can't go without her. I can't go hunting without her, too. So. Oh, that's kind of neat. Yeah, I now, like it. Just one more thing. Uh, yesterday we were talking about uh, a new improvement that you're making on an old si- uh, design type of lure. Can we talk about that? Which it, one's that? Uh, that was uh, a, a bait that kind of wobbles, uh, that uh, has a name already, that you are working with another company now oh, this, to improve. The scroungy bait? The scroungy bait. The old scrounger. That, that type yeah. of thing. Uh, yeah, it's called a sujin now. That's uh, gonna, uh, what is that name now? Sujin. A sujin. It's like, mm-hmm. a, it's like a water creature, Japanese name. It's a, it's, it's, it's a scrounger bait. I can call it a scrounger bait. I, I still don't... 
know how they how that works with the patents and all that. Because I had that name, you know, 10, 15 years ago, but it was a long time, 40, 50 years ago, named the Scrounger, which is a great name for it. But it, to me, it's almost like a it's almost like a name of a like a spinner bait is for a spinner bait. The Scrounger is just a it's a it's a unique bait that I've thrown since I was about seven, eight years old. Uh, originally, I think designed for saltwater. Because they yeah. used to have them in bins in California. You actually gave them yeah, in bins. Yeah, actually designed up in Oceanside, yeah, California. Yeah, right, right in Southern by, Cal, uh, where I grew Tom up. Tom Waters. And all the tackle stores in Southern California, everywhere you went, had scroungers. And I, I was one of the, that was an easy bait for me to throw, being a kid. And I'd, you could throw it offshore or on the ocean boats. We used to throw them as scampies on them. That was a big sure. thing. And uh, so it kind of worked its way in this freshwater. In the probably late 80s or early 90s, guys started picking up on it and Thing and cutting the hooks off, and because it had a cadmium hook on it, which is a really cheap, kind of cheesy hook, and we actually started tying like gamagatsu jig hooks on them with braid and and gluing them on. That's how I learned how to do that trick from the some of the Southern California anglers, and it took off in freshwater, kind of then, but it never did take off. It just like, I mean, one of the first fish I caught on in freshwater was a ten pound largemouth at Cast Day on a one ounce. It was a scam, you know, wow. but I tied a hook on and everything, and I caught a ten pounder with. One of my sponsors now is uh, Robomore, Mike Brakebill. Uh, that was one of my first fish I caught on. And, uh, and then it kind of like faded here and there because it, it was a pain and the, tying the hook on and stuff. And it, 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 I didn't see its potential for freshwater until I got a little older and started throwing it more. And, and I started at Company Air Martin's Lures and came out with the scrounger again, brought it back to life. And then I kind of you know, made some tweaks to it and found the right build material and... Uh, and made it work really well, but it just, it just that fell through after a while. I had partners that, and things, and just it didn't work out as well as I wanted them to. And so it's been on the back burner in my head for over 10 years now. And, and now Picasso has come out. We're coming out with a new one that we're. That I've already caught hundreds of fish on the prototype. It's amazing, and that should be coming out. It's got Gamagatsu 604 jig hook in it, which nice, nice strong nice hook. Not you. not too strong, but not you know not weak where it's gonna flex. I've lost some fish in the past on the three out and four out bronze O'Shaughnessy and you hook like a seven or eight pounder on it and you're trying to pull on and it can open up. Uh, so this hook won't do that. It's a good strong hook. It's the right it's just about the right hook for it, perfect. And the bill material is phenomenal. It's gonna be a, it's a, it's gonna be a killer. It's gonna be I'm trying to get it right and I made some changes to the head design. I, you know it seems like the, the head design that came out with like fifteen the set I don't know, it's been at least fifteen years ago. It seems like everybody kinda of took that one in and kinda of uses it and then and I, and I, I the cylinder and all that is my original design, but I'm a, I, I wanted to change it a little bit. And you know, can't change that bait too much because you don't want to. The way it works is that it's a lot of it is the shape. So, but we did make some tweaks to it. They're really interesting that people will find kind of shocking a little bit. They'll, they'll kind of think, "Whoa, that's, that's how you do that!" But it's it's going to be good. It's okay. coming now coming this soon. This product will be coming out through Picasso. Yes, it is named. Sujin. The Sujin. The Sujin. And when do you think we might be seeing this on Probably, the Probably uh, this fall. Okay. This fall. And I like the fact that it's made with that Gamagatsu 604. 604 is a good hook. It's, it's Gamagatsu's. Sticks they them. call it their heavy wire, but it's their heavy duty hook, but it's a it's thin n- wire. It's not that it's thick. It's super. 360 yeah, degrees. Yeah, it's forged all the way through. It's, and it's, it, it's a really strong hook for how thick it is. And it sticks them. Great. That's all that matters. Is it, it hits them anywhere and goes all the way through. It's the way that hook, the way that Gami the six hundred four is. It's a penetrating hook, and that's that's what you need because yeah. when you're fishing, every fish Long really cat, does yeah. make a difference. Long cast, you get those hundred foot. You know, with that bait you can throw it really far. Three quarter ounce uh, sujin bait you can throw it like hundred feet easy in it. You get those bites on a long cast. It's uh, it was, if you have a hook that flexes or isn't strong enough or isn't sharp enough, it won't penetrate. And that 
That 604 gets them. Sticks and what, what kind of a trailer would you use on that bait? Uh, I still use a fluke a lot. Uh, a lot of guys use that cast steak. Uh, what's that thing called? I don't use that, but like the, I have a lot of big finesse fishes. There's a lot of things, you know. There's a lot of things. I, I, the Kitek uh, works can, well on Kitech, that. You can, I mean, I, I try to use a straight tail bait, uh, but you can use almost anything. Even the old Sluggos I still use, yeah. like a six-inch Sluggo, uh, Bass Assassins. There's all kinds of stuff that works on it. Uh, and nowadays, there's even way more stuff out there. Uh, but, you know, be, I don't like the hollow bellies, and I don't like swim tails on it. Okay. But be... I mean, you'd be free to try anything on it, you know, like creature baits. And Whatever works. Jig trailers and, and uh, doubles, double-tailed spinnerbait trailers. I mean, a lot of stuff works on it. Well, Aaron, I appreciate you taking the time to be with us. There's a lot of people here wanting your time, waiting, you know, to talk to you, and you've got other things to go off. And I appreciate you spending the time to be with us on Rod and Reel Radio. Always glad to be with you, John. All right, Aaron. Hey, and good luck in this coming season. We'll be following you. And hopefully we'll be talking to you again real soon. I hope so. Thank you, Aaron. Thank you. Hey, this is Rod and Real Radio. Stay tuned. There's still lots more to come after these messages. Every serious angler knows that a quality hook is an important part of their arsenal. Gamakatsu hooks are made from high-grade carbon steel, specially heat-treated to make them light and extra strong, but not brittle. Gamakatsu ring hooks are made with a one-piece ring, no welds, no weak spots, a very smooth-moving ring. Gamakatsu offers a huge variety of hooks for all types of fishing. Live bait hooks, both light and heavy-duty, to four extra strong. Circle hooks, tuna hooks, ringed hooks, tuna doubles, and many more. Don't waste your next fishing trip on a cheap hook. Get Gamakatsu hooks at your favorite tackle store now. The warm weather is here and our lakes and rivers are brimming. Just remember, if you love California and you love to boat, please wear your life jacket. And make sure everyone with you puts one on, too. Save the ones you love. A message from California State Parks Division of Boating and Waterways. Hey, bass fishermen. Who do you call for your bass boat insurance? Well, if you're not calling me at 1-800-BASS-BOAT for your boat insurance, you're probably paying too much and may not have the coverage that you need. In 1974, I developed the Bass Boat Program that is what all the pros use today. The reason? No depreciation or any partial claim for your hull, your big motor, your trolling motor, or your electronics until your boat's 10 years old. That's right. You only pay $250 to get your boat on the water for any partial claim, and we still pay a stated value replacement cost for your boat if you have a total loss. We're the only people in the industry that does that, and that's why we are the choice of the pros. So if you want the best, forget the rest. Just call 1-800-BASSBOAT. Call 1-800-227-7262 or just spell BASSBOAT. 1-800-BASSBOAT. I know there's too many letters, but the T is free and the call's on me. That's 1-800-BASSBOAT, the choice of the pros for BASSBOAT insurance. For more information, log on to 1-800-BASSBOAT.com. Rod and Reel Radio is now available as a podcast you can subscribe to on iTunes, Stitcher, or your favorite podcasting app. Get notified as soon as new episodes are available, or go back and listen to our past shows. Browse through all of our archive shows at roddenreelradio.com slash archives, and click the subscribe button to get started listening now. Well, welcome back, everyone. Hey, uh, I appreciate you all listening tonight. You know, as you probably could tell, we lost a good friend to fishermen here in Southern California with the passing of Paul Leader. I want to thank uh, Mark Larson, Jim Slice for um, giving uh, their Sunday night to talk a little bit about that. Hey, right now we are right in the middle of the El Cajon Ford Team Open for 2017. 
Uh, next week, uh, I'll come to you with the results and maybe some interviews that we did from there. But I want to thank you all for listening to Ron Real Radio over the years. I have a commitment from Elkhorn Ford that they're going to keep on sponsoring the show, and I hope that you guys will tune in for the best freshwater and saltwater reports anywhere on the radio. So on behalf of everyone that makes this show possible, I want to thank Jorge and the AM540 Studios. also want to thank Ben Harvey, who has made this this uh, show possible here locally in San Diego where we broadcast. And always, I want to thank Wendy Toshihara and Stan Vandenberg for their contributions. But most of all, big tuna Bill Giesland, Eddie McCune, for setting up this legacy that we know as Rod and Reel Radio. And also, thank Paul Leader and the men and women of Elkhorn Ford for their support for us, not only on the show, but for fishermen all throughout Southern California. Not only us old guys, but the new pros that are coming on and the would-be anglers that are not even in their teens yet that El Cajon Ford supports the efforts of their fishing, like with Ron Baker, with uh, all the people uh, here in Southern California. So until then, my friends, you guys have a good night, and we can think of Paul Leader now up there fishing with some of the guys that we've lost, Kevin Minio, Harvey Naslin, Mike Kennedy, uh, just a slew of others. Hey, go out there, love each other, take advantage of every day that you have. I hope a lot of them are on the water. So until next Sunday night, this is Hopalong John on behalf of everyone here. You guys have a great night. We look forward to speaking to you again next Sunday night on AM 540 starting at 5.05 p.m. So until then, go out there and get them. They're getting away. We'll see you on the water. Good night, everybody. Upon your door. Uh-huh. Gone fishing. How real gone, man. <laughs> you ain't working anymore. Could be.